like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Well, something a bit different for me. And if you remember last year, I spoke to one of the great female athletes out of Australia in Lane Beachley, which was a great uh, joy for me. And I've got another one on here today, the best to do it uh, in the cliff diving world it is. It's Rhiannon Ifland, who's at the airport in Australia, about to come over to New Zealand and take on this Red Bull cliff diving, which we've never seen in this country, which I cannot wait for, Rhiannon. We are so excited. Uh, You're going to be performing... Uh, at a venue that's never been it's never been held here before. Do you still get excited for new events? <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, look, I, I'm really excited um, to to arrive in Auckland today, and it is. It's it's really exciting to to dive at a new location every single time because you just never know what to expect. Um, and that's that's one of the most exciting things about the world of cliff diving is. Um, you know, the uncertainty of it all. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to arrive in Auckland and, and show the, the people of New Zealand um, how amazing our sport is. So um, it's going to be a great event. Yeah, we've only got to watch it on TV, and we, we are a bit of an adventure sport country, um, quite well known for things like bungee jumping and our, and our, um, <laughs> our mountaineers. And stuff. This is something that we're going to get to see in person. What do you think will be the biggest surprise for us, the public, that are going to wander down and have a look at it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think we've done it all fit in perfectly in, in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, I think like when when people think of, of uh, high diving, they don't actually realise the you know the, the magnitude to it, the sound of hitting the water, and how high it actually is. So I think that's going to be the biggest surprising the, the biggest surprise. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we put on a, a great show and I think that's also a surprise as well. And, um, one of the, one of the things that people don't realize about our sport is, is the fear and the feelings that go into it. So it's really intriguing to see how different athletes and different divers, um, you know, manage those things. Some are very excited. Some are very, very nervous and, and really focused, uh, yeah, I think, I think those are a couple of the things that, that you can expect to see. Yeah, the swimming pools around New Zealand with the diving pools, I remember as a kid we had a one metre, three metre, five metre, <laughs> and it took me about a year to, to get the guts to finally launch myself off five metres. You're 21 metres, and I think the men are 27 metres. Did you build yourself up to that? Did you start off with conventional springboard diving and then a five metre and then a 10 metre and work yourself up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, 20 years ago, I was in the same position as you. It took me a while to, to get myself off the five to 10 metre platform. And now look where I am here today. Um, yeah, it is it is a progression. Uh, it's not like I, you know, watched a YouTube video, thought, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. I'll go up and dive from 20 metres. Um, <laughs> I actually went through it. <laughs> I actually went through a, a, an Olympic conventional style diving career. And then I moved into um, into to high diving and diving from 21 meters. So that's usually the case for for a lot of divers. And I think I think just with the extreme nature of it, I, I, it's really important to kind of follow the follow the right steps. Um, you know, you don't run a marathon before you run 100 meters. Mm-hmm. So it takes time and um, and a lot of training and and you know working your way up to to get to those heights. 
you, you mentioned fear factor. Does that does that ever leave you, or is there always some trepidation <laughs> every time you look out and you're 21 metres down to water, which is which is the consistency of concrete when you hit it from that height if you hit it wrong. Is, is there any inkling of trepidation even now after you've been doing it so long? Look, honestly, every single time you just get really good at hiding it. Um, <laughs> no, but look, there's, I think it's, you know, it's just your body's natural reaction to, to fear. Every time I step out onto that platform, there's like so many thoughts and, and so many um, feelings, you know, it's, it's like a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other one's telling you, you know, this is high, this is dangerous, what are you doing here? And then the other one's kind of saying, yeah, come on, let's go, let's go. It's like the child inside. So, yeah, like, quite honestly, I, I don't think there's one diver up there that, that doesn't have that, that thought and feeling. It's, it's a scary thing and it, it never goes away. It just gets easier to deal with. And, um, you know, you do all the training to, to mitigate the risks that happen and, uh, I think that that really helps just carrying that confidence from the training you've done uh, to the end of the platform. We're talking to the greatest cliff diver we've ever seen, and she's on her way to Auckland, Ariana Nifland. I'm just wondering, like, there's no um, equipment as sorts. Like, your your body <laughs> is the equipment, so and it's an expressive type thing. How do you go about? Is it? I like analogies, right? So you get a, a gymnastics vaulter, and they have a vault with a degree of difficulty. You get motocross riders with degrees of difficulty for spins and twists. How do you balance difficulty with execution to try and score as many points as you can? <laughs> Look, there is a bit of a formula to it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes doing the, the more difficult dives with more spins and twists won't necessarily give you more points. Um, so I think it's like going slowly and trying to figure out, you know, a, a winning recipe for, for you and for each diver. Um, and it, it takes time to, to build up those more difficult dives with, you know, twists and somersaults to, to perfect them. So, you know, sometimes a lot of divers might try a, a dive uh, and it might, may not work for them, um, putting the, the extra degree of difficulty in, there, difficulty in there and they might, you know, go back to doing something a little more simple to try and score those points. So there is, um, there is a system to it. So how many... Um, how many different dives do you have in your arsenal and do you have to refresh it season <laughs> on season? Um, look, it, it, it depends. So we compete four different dives, um, one easy, one intermediate and two, uh, two difficult dives. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, well, why change a, a winning recipe that's something that works for you? Mm. Um, in the past couple of years, I, I have, you know, tried to play, but it was more of a curiosity thing and, and more of just uh, kind of trying to enjoy the sport and, and mix it up. Um, but it, I tend to go back to, to my four favourite dives that, that work for me, but I always try and change it up just to, just to keep it interesting. Can you talk us through the process then of your most difficult dive that, that, that's in your <laughs> repertoire that we can watch you do this weekend? What, what is it? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm doing the most difficult dive I'm doing is a back triple somersault with two twists in the pipe position. So basically I start standing backwards on the edge of the platform, the scariest part. Um, I, I rotate and I do one and a half twists in the first somersault and then I rack into a pike position for the second somersault and then I do another half a twist in the third somersault and, um, and hit the water. 
How much conscious thinking <laughs> is in that, or is it muscle memory? Do you just launch and it happens, or are you actually physically going now? I've got to tuck that elbow. I've got to lift that knee. I've got to do that. Yeah, look, it's it's not as complicated as you would think. The thought process. I think that you know it is a little bit of muscle memory. You've done it that many times um, in in training, so you've done like the lead up to the dive that many times that it, it all just seems to happen um, automatically. You do you do get it have a sense when you jump just from from the angles and, and the power and and the body positions of how the dive's going to go. So you might need to you know speed it up in a split second by grabbing tighter or pulling harder into your pike or wrapping the twist closer. Um, so you, you can make those split second things. But I think that mainly comes from feeling um, during the dive. And yeah, it's, there's only three seconds, so there, there's not much time for. Um, not much time to change anything, you know. As soon as you jump, I, I always say it's the point of no return. You can't change your mind and, and you can't change too much. So you need to be switched on at that very first second. How, how do you train for this? How do you practice? Because I don't imagine you've got a 21-foot cliff in your backyard. <laughs> I actually have one not far away from my home, um, <laughs> coming from Lake Macquarie. Um, but yeah, look, it's some of the divers in, in Canada, they have a, a 20 meter platform in the United States, they have a 20 meter platform and a 27 meter platform. Um, so it's kind of, there's a lot of travel involved with the training, but for me, it's all, um, all the training's done in, in a diving pool. So on, you know, from one meter to 10 meter and I actually separate the dive in, into two or three parts and focus on the things that need work. Um, so I might, for instance, the back triple with the two twists that we talked about what I'll do is I'll do a back one and a half somersaults with one and a half twists and train the first part of the dive and then I'll go to 10 meter and do the, the entry part of the dive so the last rotation of the dive so it's kind of like splitting it up and on the way walking up there I'll imagine I'll imagine putting the whole dive together in my head so it is a it's it's quite a mental game as well um but yeah, that's that's how it's done. Um, we're not we're not um, that lucky here in Australia yet that, that we've got a, a twenty one meter platform. But I'm hoping one day. Yeah. <laughs> Call it the Ifland platform. Go on, come on, come on, local council, <laughs> right. get, get involved. Now, the traditional diving we're used to, the the one, three, five, and even the ten is head first, your feet first. Yep. At what height does it change from head first to feet first? Oh look, it really depends on the um, it really depends on the diver. But I probably wouldn't dive anywhere above twelve meter head first. Um, you know, it's just I guess your your upper body doesn't hold the same amount of impact as, as your lower body, and it's as simple as that. Um, there is people that decide it's a good idea to dive head first from twenty meters, but that's not for me. <laughs> so what what happens when you when you hit the water? Uh, these might be silly questions, but I'm, uh, they're just the ones I've <laughs> thought of. No silly questions. <laughs> um, flat feet, pointed toes, and what happens once you hit the water? Is it, does it splay your arm so you don't cannon into the seabed? How, how does it? How does the entry work? <laughs> yeah, so so basically you want to be as, as tight and um, as streamlined as possible. And basically I like to think of it as like popping a hole in the surface of the water and then swimming through it as, as tight and as smoothly as possible um but we hit we hit the water at, at around 80 k's an hour so you can imagine the impact there so you really really want to want to be as tense and as tight as possible when you when you hit the surface of the water what 
What's what's a common injury? Is I'd imagine these injuries probably more so in training when you're trying something out and you might splat it, or do you have like eardrum pressure injuries? What 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 are the common ailments? Yeah, look, you just really never know. Um, sometimes even the simple guys um, can cause injuries. So, but you know, there's it, it's it's a sport like any sport. Like injuries happen. Common injuries for me have been like the groin and adductors and the lower back. Um, a lot of people struggle with knees, um, necks. Uh, you know, like you're, you're jumping and pulling into into positions quite tightly and and quite rapidly. So you know, injuries can happen there. And then there's also that that impact. Um, you know, going from 80 kilometers to to slowing down in in a matter of seconds. Uh, so there's those kind of impact injuries on water as well, and uh, yeah, it, it's not it's not soft if if you land wrong from those heights. <laughs> now a lot of athletes don't like talking about how good they are, but I'm going to make you. Um, <laughs> you won you won your first cliff competition in Texas when you're a wildcard entry, and you went on and won it. You won six World Series titles. You had 23 out of your next 29. You won them all. Uh, your main competitor is a, a, a younger woman from Canada, but. What what do you think if you, if you remove yourself from you and look from the outside and what, what's made you so successful? Look, there's there's a few things. Um, I actually like I finished my um, a ten meter diving career and I, I was the bridesmaid, never the bride in that. And I think that kind of made me hungry just to want to go out and and do something um, more with the sport. And like in my first the first two events that I did or the first event, sorry. Um, it didn't go so well for me and I almost thought about, you know, throwing in the towel at that very moment. And it was actually kind of a comment from, from my dad. And he said, you know, well, in the nicest way possible, he kind of said like, oh, you can't do any worse than that. You can only climb the ladder now. Um, and I think it was at that moment where I kind of just went, you know what, that's, that's true. I've just got to, just got to start out and, and enjoy the process and, and enjoy traveling the world doing something I love. So from the beginning, that was what it was all about. And then I kind of just tried to carry that attitude with me along the way. Um, but I think, honestly, like it, it's the consistency and, and the mental strength um, in, in terms of the comp- competing that I've I've learned to, to teach myself how to get into a, a good feeling and, and kind of flick that switch when I'm competing. So, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like there's there's also no real recipe to it. It's just a lot of um, hard work and and putting in the time. Yeah, because what you've sort of explained there, there's two types of hunger. There's the hunger to succeed, and then there's the hunger to maintain. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's it's much harder to to maintain than it is to to be the underdog. Um, from you know, speaking from from my experiences, but I think trying to combine those two um, is kind of the way that I've uh, tried to build on my success. Now they're expecting tens of thousands of people to come down to the waterfront in Auckland, and let's hope out. We've had amazing weather this January. Let's hope it holds. What's what's yep. what's the protocols for us Muppets down on the land when when you're up there? Do we have to shut up like we do in golf and tennis, or do you like to do you like us to rack you up? <laughs> well, check. I mean, personally, I, I like to I like the energy from the people, and I like to know that people are there having a good time and and supporting us. Um, but yeah, you know. In those couple of seconds when we're diving, we, we want you to be quiet, just like the tennis. 
Okay. But I mean, before and after, go nuts, go nuts. <laughs> I know what you Kiwis are like. <laughs> <laughs> you can't shut us up. You you lo- we you like love good... you, you love your sport and and you've got a good energy. So bring it along, please. Oh, fantastic. Hey, Rhiannon, <laughs> um, I cannot wait to watch you and um, go feet first, no splash. Um, those double, triple, inverted pikes or whatever you're doing, it's going to be off the hook. So uh, I've loved our chat today. I really, really do appreciate it. Thanks for coming over. And um, you and all of the other divers are going to put on a heck of a show. And, and we're, it's going to be packed down there. I, I know we'll yeah. love it, and I hope you do too. <laughs> we certainly will put on a good show, and I, I can't wait to be back. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I love those chats, you know, um, with sports that we don't know much about. And, like, she's been top of the game for a long, long time. Um, Widely regarded as the – well, she is. It's a fact. She's the greatest uh, woman's cliff diver ever. And when they engage with you, like, they just welcome the chat. And it's just – it's so cool because I I learn a lot talking to these people and they they go about their lives and I'd never heard of her, you know – Semi, not ashamed to say, but um, when you do a little bit of research before you you get them on for an interview, you realise what they've achieved. It's just incredible. And this is going to be a massive event this weekend. I think about half the staff are going down from here. The the Auckland-based ones are going to go down to the viaduct and have a look. It's free entry. You don't need tickets. It's just free entry. In you go. And I heard it. I heard a number, was it 20,000 or something? I heard 30,000 like? 30, they're expecting. 000, yeah. It is funny too when you Google, like I um, looked up um, Rhiannon, I think I saw her Instagram, she had like 115,000 followers. So yeah. it's funny, you never heard of these people and then you go on there and you see he's got 115,000 followers, you think, okay, well clearly this is big worldwide and there's a lot of people that know her and appreciate her. It's mm. funny how sometimes he's under the, and to be, and to be fair, you think, oh, she's sort of a nobody in a sport that's probably pretty minor. I guarantee you she probably earns more money than most of the All Blacks. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's you, you've never heard of her. She probably earns more than some of our highest paid Kiwi athletes. And it was funny. Like, remember we, we interviewed a few of the Crankworks, um, yeah, the downhill, right, downhills yeah. and stuff. Well, I was talking to my sister's friend's son, who's a big, he's into that, but he, you know, he's 18 or 16 or something like that. And I said, oh, I've been talking to a few of them. He said, who'd you talk to? And um, and I, I can't even remember their names. I said, oh, this person. And he just went, you're joking. He said, he's like, he's like the Richie McCaw of our sport. And you spoke to him. Were you nervous? And I said, I'd never heard of him. I just talked to him <laughs> like he rides a bike. And it's just like in their own environ, mm. they are legends. Yeah. But I didn't know them. I didn't know them, and and you probably walked past them on the street a couple of times, you no, know. You, like you wouldn't know them, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know them. So um, no disrespect to them, obviously. But. No, not at all. And I don't take away from what they've achieved. And it's just like we do live in our own little bubbles. Like we know, I know golfers backwards, inside out, and rugby players, and you know your rugby league players and your ice hockey players. But there's all these other sports with massive followings, massive followings, oh, yeah. and we just don't know them. Yeah, yeah. very neat. Um, Staffy. This is from Todd. I need some help from New Zealand Golf. My 21-year-old, yeah, my 21-year-old has come off a super cheap $150 a year deal for youth student golf sub in an Auckland club. He's got 10 mates and they all got hooked in the last few years. That club now wants 900. 150 now 900. It's a shame they helped them and now it has gone up to this. I think most clubs let you pay monthly <clears throat> or installments or something, I think. But yeah, I'll ask him about that. that. I think that's more club 
than New Zealand golf. Uh, Todd, I'm not 100% sure about how all of that works. Um, so yeah, if you've got any questions about the administration of golf, actually, anything like that, we've got uh, Rhett from New Zealand Golf coming on. Just answer a few of our questions. Coming up to 1 o'clock after that, John Nabs. He's running with the Canada. What? He's running the width of Canada. <laughs> <laughs>